Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical lead or a practice manager and your primary care network to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to deliver some of your projects and network-based services, I would absolutely love to help you. So come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in this episode, I thought I'd take you guys behind the scenes on how we run our podcast, get lots of compliments on it. And since March, month on month, our podcast downloads continues to rise, which is super, super exciting. So I thought I would share with you why I set up the podcast and how we edit it, how we promote it and how we source our guests and how I choose my solo episodes. Okay, I hope you are sitting comfortably. Okay, so the first thing, why did I start the podcast? So I did my MBA in business and healthcare management. And as part of my dissertation, I asked GPs for their insights on the, at the time, the NHS five-year forward view. And you know, you have an hypothesis and then throughout, and then obviously it kind of changes because you start to interview people and they give you their sites and it's just really interesting. And what came out in those interviews and in my dissertation was that everybody I interviewed had multiple roles. Everybody I interviewed had bid for some sort of project and were, were managing and responsible for a significant amount of money. They had multiple pots of money. So they had income and expenditure. They were writing bids. Um, they were trying. They were doing negotiations. They were developing strategic partnerships. Um, they were marketing themselves. They were marketing the service or marketing the project. And when I asked them, "Do you consider your organisation a business?" the majority of them said no, which I thought was really, really interesting. They were developing all this business acumen but they didn't feel like it was they were developing their business skills and they didn't see their organizations as businesses and i thought that was really really interesting and the the business of healthcare it just kept whirring around in my mind i just and the more people i asked the majority of them said they didn't see their organization as a business but a lot of the gps we had to pay to go to meetings you know like they know and rightly so their time is money and if you want them to do something at that particular time, I don't think it's as common now. We had to pay them. That money would go into their practice and then they would get a locum to come in to cover um, their session. So I just thought it was really, really interesting. And I thought I want to explore this more. Do people consider the NHS a business? So I sat on that idea for about five years. It's a bit like I'd really like to do a podcast, really like to interview people on the business side of healthcare. I'm not a clinician, so I'm a project manager. I'm interested in operations and systems and processes and 
all of that stuff um, I just absolutely love. So long story short, that is where the idea of the podcast came from. And I thought I'm, I'm going to interview people to hopefully just improve my own knowledge of this massive sector. Even though my day-to-day business operates in primary care, I wanted it to be broader. I wanted it to cover health and social care. Um, I wanted to interview CEOs. I wanted I want to interview receptionists. I want to interview private providers. I want to interview people that work in marketing, that work in sales, that work in operations, that do research, clinical trials. I want I want it all. I want it all, and I want the podcast to be as broad as possible, so people can dip in and dip out, and just listen to their you know listen to the guests that they think appeal to them. And then they can go on to follow those people, you know, after the podcast and the scenes, the highs and the lows. What does their day look like? So there's lots of generic stuff that regardless of where you are in the sector, I think you could take something from it. So we've also introduced a solo episode, the one you're listening to today, because my current clients and people that know me, which I thought knew me really well, um, client wise and, you know, work wise, said, well, Tara, we want to hear more of you on the podcast and to get a better understanding of how you work with clients and what goes on behind the scenes. So we introduced a solo episode, which is a a really nice way, yeah, just to share. I like, I mean, it's a bit strange talking to yourself, but I like chatting and I genuinely like sharing what I know. I wish that there were more resources like mine Sometimes I'm trying to look for things and yeah, I can't find it. So, and I think, I just think it's the right thing to do. Yes, it does promote my services. Even if it didn't, I would just do it. And I didn't set up the podcast to promote my services. I set up the podcast to meet with other healthcare leaders to better understand their part in the sector and how it potentially links to primary care. It was never a marketing tool. It it really wasn't. And it's only, I would say, since March, the marketing power of the podcast is really coming into play. But I was happy to do it. And it was a bit of a, it's, it was a bit of a hobby and something I just generally enjoy doing. And I've made some amazing friends from the podcast. So we've introduced, I've listened to the feedback and we've introduced the solo episodes. If people say, Tara, don't like the solo episodes, we'll stop them. The nice thing about working with a small, you know, it's my own business. We can, we can just do what we like. Sometimes we can do one episode a week, we can do two episodes a week, we could go to three. It really depends on what our listeners want. If no, if everybody stops listening, I probably would still do it. Um, but we definitely take on board the feedback. If people say, Tara, what you're saying is absolute like codswallop. If people say, Tara, you do not know what you're talking about. Stop this now. Then I probably would stop. But we take on board the feedback. But as long as I'm enjoying it, I'll continue to do it. So in regards to how we select our solo podcasts, they are just kind of the highlights from the week. So I may share insights from a client. I may share insights on how I'm feeling, if I've had a good day or had a bad day. And just feedback that I have received throughout the week. So somebody said to me, this was someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, how do you manage your podcast? And I thought that would be a great guess. So people ask me questions 
and then I will turn that into content because typically somebody will ask me a question and then the, the same question will keep popping up. So that is how we choose the solo episodes. And not in all of them, but I will share like the highlights of my week and what could have been even better if. And I think that's the sort of stuff I like to hear. And I hope that you guys like to hear it too. So it's just the behind the scenes look. You know, this podcast is a perfect example. Somebody asked me the question, I'm sharing you my approach. So we have got episodes which feature healthcare leaders and the style of the interview is is quite informal and relaxed. And I want it to sound like two friends chatting rather than like question, answer, question, answer. Um, I want it to be, hopefully we ask questions that are not just the bog standard interview questions. And I let the guest talk to open up and to share what's going on. And I'll pose a few questions. It is nice when there is a dialogue, but I want to hear what they've got to say. So I try not to hog the mic. One thing we do do is, which is quite time consuming, and I don't know anybody else that does this, is that we have a pre-interview before each main interview. Some people, and I understand it from a time perspective, they will just jump on the mic and will just, they might have never met this person before, met their guest before, and they'll just do the interview. And that is kind of the industry standard because it is time consuming. However, I don't like to do that. I've had a few interviews where the rapport hasn't been quite right. The conversation is just gone off. <laughs> I can't get it back. Maybe that's my, my interview skills. So I do like to have a quick chat with the person before the episode, uh, just to have an informal chat off air, get to get to know them a little bit and ask them why they want to come on the podcast. And if a listener was going to walk away with just one piece of information, what would you want that piece of information to be? So unless I know you really well, we will have a pre-interview and I think that helps the quality of our interviews. So if you listener come onto the podcast, I will ask you for a maximum 30 minute meeting just to say hi and just to, just to have an informal chat. One of my friends, she's my best friend, Lisa Woodruff. She is based in Cincinnati. She has got a podcast about the organization of paper. She has had 8 million downloads. I kid you not. She's, she's amazing. She's like my podcast guru. <laughs> I don't always take her advice. So one of those pieces of advice, which I don't take is that I listen back to the interview. I don't send it off for editing and then I don't ever hear it again. I like to listen back to it. I want the guest to come across in the best light. We do do a little bit of editing where some, some of our guests will say, actually edit that out or don't say that, you know, I wish I hadn't said that. Or sometimes I'm just waffling on and I'll cut that out. We want the best information to go into the podcast and we can cut out, you know, cut out the crap. So I do listen to it back and then I'll send it to the guests for approval. I would say 80% of the time the podcast gets approved um, and then 20% of the time there'll be some modifications, which is absolutely no no problem. I want the guests to be 100% happy with the podcast. The more we do, I don't know if I'll always be able to listen to them back, but at the moment that's what we do. I like listening back to them just to make sure they're, you know, like they're they're good. They're good. So actually, I should have said this before, but before we do the pre-interview, we select the guests. How do we select the guests? So 
I would say 80% of the time I will personally reach out to somebody that I think would be a really, really good fit for the podcast. Increasingly, people want to come on they volunteer and they offer themselves to come onto the podcast. We have a few PR agencies reach out and say, we've got this person that would be a really good fit for your podcast. And then we do the pre-interview and then we'll say yay or nay. But typically I source the guests um, just from people I know. I've just When I see people in action and it will just be one sentence that will make me think, oh, I'd love to, I want to know, why did you say it like that? Or that's really, really interesting. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Um, just people that are really inspiring, people that are you know, movers and shakers. So I'll either, I tend to come across people in meetings and panel discussions. I'll reach out to people on social media. Social media is huge for our business. We use it every day and it's a fantastic tool to market our services and to secure a podcast guests. So Somebody will put out a tweet or see a company on LinkedIn and think, I think you'd be a really, really good fit. Um, and at the time of recording, I'm looking for people with a public health background. I'm looking for somebody to talk about human factors in healthcare. I think it's fascinating. I'm also looking at somebody that specializes in tropical diseases. So if you know anybody, point them my way. But I will, I'll go out to my network and say, do you know anybody that's got expertise in X, Y, and Z? And if I can't find anybody within my own network, then I will go out to social media. So I've talked to you guys about how the podcast got started, the kind of premise of the show, which is interviewing healthcare leaders and also a solo episode to showcase my expertise and help the listeners and my future clients to get to know me and get to know my style a little bit. I've told you how we select our podcast guests and I've also showed you how we prepare for the interview by conducting a pre-interview. So then we record, we set up the interview and we record on Zoom. So ideally it's helpful to see the person that you're speaking to and then we'll take the audio from Zoom. Then I record my side of the interview on a separate track using Audacity. You can use, um, I just choose Audacity. It was the first one and it's easy to use. I'm not, I'm not a techie person. So if you want to understand the technical side of a podcast, um, I would, I would check out, um, Dr. Gandhi. Okay. Don't, don't come to me for that. <laughs> Literally, I bought a mic. I use Audacity. I plugged in the mic and that's it. There's a few dials on my soundboard. I don't really know what they all do. <laughs> so um, I like to keep things simple. To help with the quality of the podcast, and I don't know if I should admit this, the content of the po- each podcast I really, really love. The sound quality I am super critical of. I don't have a soundproof studio. I'm currently recording this in my house. I've got three kids. I've got you know, I've got a dog. My husband's also working from home. So you'll hear the odd bang or the doorbell ring, or it might be a really windy day. So ideally you want a soundproof place to record your podcast. Some people do it and you want good acoustics. So I don't have carpets on the floor in my office. So a carpeted area, some people do it if you've got, you know, like a walk-in wardrobe or your bedroom. So the, the sound quality is really important if you want people to listen to the end. And sometimes when the sound quality has not been as good as I would like it to be, 
I really question whether I should put it out. Sometimes we've re-recorded because it's just, um, if I can't listen to it, I can't expect somebody else to listen to it. But we do have the odd bang, you know, the odd baby and, you know, like it's real life. So it is not the most highly produced, soundproof, perfect audio. Um, And that is something I aspire to get. It's hard to control the internet connection of, I mean, you can't control the sound quality from the guests. So we will say, we will um, ask that they're in a quiet room, they turn off their notifications, you know, they put their phone on silent and just try to record in a quiet area. But that is not always possible. So you will, on this podcast, you will hear, you know, the Slack notifications going off with guests sometimes and just, you know, just their normal life. So I'm really, really lucky and it kind of comes off the subject of the podcast, but it's really important that I invested, I think it was around I've been in business for five years and in November 2019, I invested in a full-time marketing manager and my full-time marketing manager, her name is Katie. She's amazing. She She's like one woman marketing machine and she does everything that you see on social media. Maybe not everything, I'd say 90 of what you see on social media comes from Katie and she edits the podcast. We do also use um, a guy on Fiverr because I am churning these podcasts out like no tomorrow and Katie can't keep up. So we do have backup support, but Katie um, edits the podcast. She does the show notes. She does the graphics. She does the little headliner videos um, so it's great to have that support. And what's really nice about having that in-house support is I can have as many edits as I like. One of the mistakes I made when I set up the podcast was that I went with a podcasting company and understandably there were limits on what they could do without charging extra. So if we wanted to, an extra podcast, you know, we'd have to charge for it to get the podcast them in a certain time, which is, you know, like it's not unreasonable, which is normal. But sometimes I might want an edit and then the guests might want an edit and we'd have to pay more for that. If we didn't get the podcast to them on a certain time, understandably, because they've got a massive podcast schedule and they're editing lots of podcasts, we would miss our deadline and the podcast editor would not, she was not very happy with us and we often got told off. Doing it all in-house means I can say to Katie, oh, look, I'm really sorry, but we need another edit. Or can we push this in? Or can we mix up the schedule because we haven't had a podcast approval back from a guest and it would all just run. So that is a massive, massive benefit for us having it in-house. We can increase podcasts, um, you know, no extra charge. Katie and I just have to work together on workload. And then when it does get too busy, we have got um, the support from Fiverr. He turns it around really quickly and it's really, really good. So the majority of the podcast editing gets done in-house. And when there are too many podcasts stacked up, we, or if Katie's on holiday or she can't do it for whatever reason, we um, go, we've got our go-to guy on Fiverr. And then we promote it. So we record it, we edit it, it gets approved. We load it up onto all of our podcast platforms. Interestingly, our stats show the majority of our listeners 
listen to the podcast directly from the links we share on social media, which is interesting. I would have thought that the majority of our downloads would come from the podcast platforms like Apple or Spotify or like Google Play or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or Podbean. But our listeners tend to click on the social media link and then listen to the podcast there. We would like you guys to subscribe. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe on your usual podcast player. That would be great. But we promote the podcast and we promote the podcast a lot. Somebody did mention how much we promote the podcast and that we promote it a lot because not everybody sees the social media posts. Everybody listens to the podcast we release that week. There is always a bit of a lack. So if we only promote it once that week and then we, we stop promote, we don't promote it again, we're going to miss the opportunity because people are not subscribed to the show. We essentially miss the opportunity for somebody to listen to the podcast because it's not right in front of them. So we do promote the podcast a lot. Um, not everybody's comfortable with that. Not everybody will like it, but the more we promote the podcast, the more downloads we get. So, but we are, we always listening. We're always looking at the analytics. When I first started the podcast, I didn't want to know how many downloads. I used to say, well, I only want five, like five people. It was like five people. Then it's like 10 people. It's like, well, if 50 people listen, it's like if a thousand people listen, if 2000 people listen, I don't, didn't concern myself too much with the metrics, but now, um, now we do check them regularly. And we check uh, the countries where people are listening to. And we also check out how people listen and where, you know, where they listen from. So is it Spotify? Is it Apple? Or is it directly from, you know, is it our website? So that intel is really, really interesting. And I would encourage you guys, if you have got a podcast, to look at the metrics. Don't get bogged down with them, but use them to help inform your decision making. Keeping on the topic of promoting the podcast, we use these little headliner videos. It is an app. It's, we do pay for it because we use it quite a lot, but you can use it for free. And the guys that run it, it's a, a company in America. When you first subscribe, they will set up a call with you and teach you how to use it, which is like, is so cool. And one of the reasons why I pay for the subscription is because I just really like the guys and I'm a bit like, I can use this for free, like let me pay you. So I'm happy to pay for the service because the customer service is amazing and the product is amazing. I think you get nine headliner videos free a month. And then if you go over nine, then you pay. Um, so we do pay, well, I think we probably do go over nine, not all the time, but I'm, I'm happy to pay for the service. <laughs> so those headline videos, you can hear a snippet of the podcast, which I think is really helpful. We will ask the guests for a headshot because that's also really helpful. And you will also just see our podcast graphic, which is just me in front of my keyboard. So you will see that you will see me. So we, we try to mix it up to try to make it, you know, interesting and as engaging as possible. We do write show notes, but we don't subscribe to the whole podcast. And people do that because it's really good for SEO. We don't do that. Um, we'll give you a snippet to encourage you to listen. If you want content to read, then we do, we do have a blog. And at the time of publishing, we've got about 180 blogs for you to read through. So the podcast show notes are just, they're just highlights to give you an understanding and give you a snippet of what the podcast is going to be about. 
We promote the episodes that we release that week and we also promote past episodes. And that's it really. As I said, there's no secrets there. It's not rocket science. The podcast is a great way to meet people. I've made some friends through this podcast, which is really, really cool. It's a way for me as the host to increase my understanding of the sector, which is really, really important to me. And because I operate in my day to day in the field of primary care, it's helpful to understand how, you know, like I look at healthcare as a massive puzzle. And sometimes that puzzle, the pieces don't all fit nicely together. And I think that's because sometimes there is a lack of understanding. I know there's, you know, system and funding and all of that stuff and politics. But I think sometimes there is a a lack of understanding. So it helps me with my clients. Um, So it's well worth my time doing this. And we also win clients. People listen to the podcast. They're like, she sounds okay. Um, Then we have a conversation and then we go on to work together. So it's a great marketing tool. It's a great way to build your network. It's a great way to develop your understanding. And it is a great way to mix up your marketing and showcase your communications. So there you go, folks. That is a behind the scenes look at how we manage our podcast. If you have any other questions that are not technical, I mean, Katie could answer those, but any questions related to the podcast, which are not technical, please go and visit Dr. Gandhi. He's on YouTube. He hosts the EGP Learning Show. He also has a podcast and you can also find him on Twitter. And his Twitter handle is at Dr. Gandalf 52 and you'll see a picture of a wizard. So yeah, any technical questions? I hope he doesn't <laughs> I hope he doesn't mind. He was really generous. He reached out to me when I did my podcast, so I feel like he likes to answer technical questions and things like this. Any other questions, please 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 do come to me. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. It is the Business of Healthcare podcast with Tara Humphrey and come and check us out at THC Primary Care on Twitter and Instagram and you can find me at Tara Humphrey on LinkedIn and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and if you like what you hear it would be great if you could give us a shout out on social media. You can find me on Twitter at THC Primary Care, on Instagram again at THC Primary Care or on LinkedIn just look for Tara Humphrey and if you really like it it would be great if you left us an iTunes five-star rating and review and I will see you in the next episode.